Hello and welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Regan Larson. I'm back. I'm back from a little one-week, two-week hiatus, if you will. Um, insert the little, uh, what is it? Oh, the the MJ interview when he came back to the Bulls. I'm back. <laughs> um, but seriously, uh, good to be back. Good to be chatting with you guys, chopping it up. Um, I hope you guys have been well. I've just been super busy, honestly, and just needed a, needed a break from doing the podcast. Not that it was like weighing me down or anything, but just I've been super busy and pouring out in a lot of different areas and walking through doors, like a lot of doors that God has been opening in my life and just trying to enjoy those things and be present um, and see where he really wants me um, and what he has me doing. So yeah, he's been so sovereign and faithful and good in revealing things to me and within my calling. So yeah, just trying to be present in those things. And I've been learning so much lately and I've had so much on my mind that I really have wanted to share with you guys. So I'll probably, man, do do a bunch of different podcasts here soon uh, on those things and just the words that he's given me. Um, but yeah, so this week, going to be talking about something kind of piggybacking off the other week about the things that I've learned my junior year of college and one of the things that I said that I learned was just like the importance of community um, and I was definitely always the guy who said he didn't really need anybody um, didn't really need community um, and just wanted to do it all by myself and that was one pride for sure um, but two, it just couldn't have been more false. And this year I definitely found the importance of community, the importance of healthy and strong community. Um, and yeah, I mean, ultimately, if you listen to this, uh, sorry to break it to you, but this life is just simply not about you. Uh, and we're made to live for Jesus and we're made to live in community. So, and that's even, even apart from being in a relationship with Christ, I just think humans in general, we thirst for a community um, and just a place to belong. And it's just like a natural longing for us. And like we, we long for a place to belong and be accepted and grow and do life with people. So whether you, it's subconscious or conscious, like I think that's true. And even in you pushing people away um, and trying to do life by yourself, not only does that like show the pride that is in our hearts, but it also shows like, I think you doing that or someone doing that shows their want for community um i don't know just something i've I've observed um but we we serve a a relational god um and one who loves and cares for his children so of course as we are created in god's image he has designed us for community like he he desires community for us he desires family he desires unity it's all over the bible it's all over scripture how god is desiring his people to not only follow him but then be in unity with one another through love and through the person of Jesus and I think that this is why we see the enemy trying to disrupt what family is supposed to look like so often in our society today because if he can waver and distract someone from what life together in community and family really looks like he can then ultimately distract them from God and that's a whole different message podcast whatever but I think when the enemy 
gets somebody, an individual alone and gets them as an individual individually, uh, it's easy for them or for him to pull them more astray because they're not in a strong community. Um, and yeah, so trying to kind of jumping ahead there and, and jumping into the meat of what I want to be talking about. But yeah, that's just so much importance in community. And that's what I found this year. And the more I'm around people that are pursuing Jesus, like I'm pursuing Jesus, um, or even just in strong community that supports one another, like it just holds you accountable um, and and helps you on your walk with Jesus so much more. So before I get into even more of the meat, I, again, I jumped, I jumped forward a good bit there. So, but just, just wanted to be transparent from the jump as always. Um, again, I've always been someone that like has pushed people away uh, and wanted to do it on my own and thinking that I can do it on my own, but even more so like I've always been one to struggle with church and church community. Like I didn't like it. I felt like they tried to make everything weird and I didn't like that. And it was never really like personal, you know what I'm saying? And I felt like all, everything was always service level relationships and service level interactions. And there was never really people trying to do life together. Um, and I just felt like a number or just a face that was like walking into church or I don't know. I have no idea. Or just like them trying to get you to volunteer for things to help them with what they their agenda was rather than actually caring and loving for a person and discipling them. Um, so I just didn't like the way that things were gone about, I guess. And I always felt like people were being fake and granted, like I definitely was too uh, in my early quote unquote walk with Jesus before I really knew him. Um, and I was just faking it. So of course, it's kind of ironic for me to say that other people were faking it when I walked into the four walls of church faking it as well. Um, so, <laughs> but I, those were ultimately just like really bad community experiences and it was never really Jesus. And I want you to hear me like when I say this, it's hard to know community when you don't really know Jesus. It's hard to know community when you don't really know Jesus because through him, stems all love, grace, security, and everything you may be looking for. Like, w when I came to know Jesus, like really, really know Jesus, and not just the religious spirit I was tied to, I was able to see that he was, in fact, the opposite of your bad experiences or my, my bad experiences within church or within community or within just, like, people being people and, like, hurting you. Um, intentionally or unintentionally um, but he was the opposite of all those things and I think that we see that one throughout scripture but two if you really pursue him in your own life you'll see that he is everything that you've looked for and through him you can find real community because you know what real love looks like um, and real security looks like and if it's not like obviously we're not going to find that in humans but if you're community and everything else in your life is filtered through Jesus's love for you and your love for Jesus, then you'll be in strong, faithful, secure community. Um, and once I really knew Jesus, I was able to put on the new self and operate correctly in community because I knew what it looked like. So now I kind of want to move more into the heart of the message um, and just take a moment message it's not a message, but the heart of the talk, really. Um, 
and, and take a moment and discuss like what community looks like in the ways of Jesus. What does it look like to walk with Jesus um, and then enhance your community experience? And Colossians 3 is just a perfect example of this in scripture. Um, and it just talks about putting on the new self and, and shows us how we not only live in the ways of Christ, um, but we live in the ways of Christ in the community in the body of Jesus. Um, so hold on. I'm not even on the right page. So hold on. Uh, Colossians. Okay. Colossians three. Uh, I'm going to be reading from verse two to verse 16. Um, so a lot of scripture, but a lot of scripture is good because you guys do not need to hear my opinion, but this is the word of the living God. And this is what we need to abide by and learn by. So here we go. Um, verse two, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is life, sorry, when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Verse five, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abstinent talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of his creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. First of all, bro, I just love verse 15 where Paul says, uh, <laughs> and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. That's one sentence. And the next sentence is this. He says, and be thankful. Like, he's like, come on, guys, just be thankful. I don't know. I just love that. Um, but so just taking some truths out of the scripture, the first thing I noticed, um, was in verse six, verse six and seven, I'm going to reread it. It says on account of these, sorry. Yeah. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming and these you too once walked when you were living in them. So this is talking about all the characteristics and yeah, just things that it talks about in verse five through 11. Um, and these are all our sinful ways. These are all the things that we are really without Jesus. Um, and the scripture says that the wages of sin is death. I forget what, what, uh, passage that is exactly, but it says the wages of sin is death. So all these things in verse five through 11 are sin, ultimately meaning that they are death. So in verse six and seven, I see that if we do not kill these things, then ultimately they are going to kill us. If we don't put these things to death, then ultimately they will put us to death. 
and following in and abiding in these things of sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, and anger, wrath, malice, slander, abstinence, talk, like all these things are ultimately just, as we abide in them, ultimately just leading them down a path to hell um, and away from Jesus. And all these things are things that we don't necessarily have to try to do or have to try to be like this is just who we are in our sinful nature without Christ um and that's just the beauty of it because Christ gives us an out and abiding in him gives us an out to these things that are leading us to death and I want you to notice in verse 12 it says put on then so in verse 5 it says put to death this and then verse 12 it says put on then this meaning that we ultimately have a choice to do so. And this is so powerful to me because though Christ has saved us from our sins, he washed, he has washed our sins away. We have to then, as he's, he's given us an out, he's given us an option not to walk down this path of death. And then he's shown us and given us the things in which that we should walk in to follow his ways to the path of life, eternal life with him. And there's really an exchange going on here. And we're, we're, we're trading in our old ways for our new ways. And we're trading in our, our anger and our wrath for compassion and kindness. And we're trading in our sexual impurity and, and malice and slander for, for love and, and, and forgiveness and meekness and patience. Like we're trading in these things for the ways of Jesus. We're, we're, we're trading in sin for the ways of Jesus. And isn't this, like, is this not the gospel? Like, Scripture, all throughout Scripture, just paints the picture of the beauty of Jesus and the love of Jesus. And this is found in this passage through this, through this exchange. Like, is the gospel not trading in our rags for riches? Is the gospel not trading in our ashes for beauty and our sorrow for joy? Like this is the essence of the gospel, the essence of who Jesus is and what he's done with us and giving us an out for the sins, which frankly we don't deserve, but giving us an out for our sins and, and having us choose a way that is of him. Um, so I just think that's beautiful. But like verse 12 through 16 or 17, like this is how we are to live amongst one another in the ways of Jesus. And this is what creates a strong community as believers in the body of Christ. And so many things within the Christian walk and just life, life in general, is about choices. And I think we see in this passage that because of Jesus, we don't have to live in the constraints of this world or confine ourselves to anything but Jesus, but the person of Jesus. And like, yeah, you, you, you can live for and of the things of this world and and you cannot take off the old self like god gives us free will because he is so loving he gives us free will um to abide in whatever way we want to abide in so if that's not taking off the old self like yeah you can do that and you can abide in all these things that verses 5 through 11 talk about but ultimately they're just leading you to death they're just leading you down the path um, of the enemy and away from jesus um so he gives us an out and it kind of, as I was reading this, um, it kind of just reminded me of an interaction I had today. Um, but I was, as I was driving home after the interaction, um, God just gave me a word and 
so I'll share that with you guys. But I, I was talking to my friend, um, and he was explaining a situation to me in which one of his friends was really struggling with like some of her like morality choices and whatever. And it was kind of not funny to me, but ironic to me because I was like, Oh, like, is she a believer? And he was like, nah, like she doesn't believe in God. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's kind of ironic because you know, it just points to the fact that there is a common creator in God and he's all created us with the same moral conscience, uh, whether you're walking with him or not. Um, because again, ultimately this girl, she, she doesn't know Jesus. She doesn't walk with God. And yet she was having morality questions, um, proving the existence of God. But anyways, different subject, not going to talk about it, getting off topic. So after this conversation, I'm not going to share what the conversation was about, uh, or anything like that. But as I was driving home, I was just kind of thinking back on it and God gave me this word. He said, so many of us, so many of like us as like his children of as followers of Christ, so many followers of Christ are living in bondage to things that I've already set them free from. And I was like, dang God, like you're really, you're really spinning bars right now. But so many of us are living in bondage to things that God has already set us free from. Like the cross has set us free of all of our sinful ways and sinful desires. It's washed our, washed our slate clean, washed our resume clean, um, washed our track record clean through the blood of Jesus. Um, but they're washed clean and it also gives us an out. Like God, God shows us through Jesus, shows us the path of freedom in which we are to walk and put on the things as his chosen people, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, put on these things to the path of freedom. And yet we're still living in bondage to sexual morality, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, idolatry. Like we're still living in bondage to these things that Jesus has given us an out in. Um, and it only to me, like, yes, the Holy Spirit draws us and it's never us in our own power or us in our own decisions. The Holy Spirit, God draws us to him um, so that none of us can boast. But it is our choice to wake up and choose Jesus. Um, every single day. Another verse that I want to look at is Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It says this, and let us consider how we spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. I'm going to read it again. And let us consider how we spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. This verse to me just shows <laughs> in fullness so simply, but the importance of meeting together as believers and importance of doing life together as community. Um, I think that we live in a very individualistic society where it's all about be you, do you, solo, dolo, whatever that is. Uh, and everything in our society is, oh yeah, like follow your heart, like whatever you want to do, whatever you feel is right. Um, and everything is just made about you. Uh, and again, I'm sorry, but it's just not, it's not about you. Um, we've made, we've been made to think that we can do this life alone. And like, again, you can't, you can't do this life alone. You're not meant to do this life alone. Uh, I've been that guy that's tried to do it alone. And we've really tried to put this American dream twist onto the Christian walk and following Jesus where everything just looks easy and it's good all the time, happy go lucky, whatever. When ultimately like this this walk with Christ, I know you guys can attest to this. I'm telling you from my own experience, like this walk with Christ is 
is really hard. Um, and while it's hard, it's only hard because it's counterculture and counterintuitive, meaning it's against the grain of culture and it's against the grain of yourself. And you're putting to death uh, your own desires and you're sticking out like a sore thumb. Uh, wow, that was really old lingo. I don't, I've never even used that before in my life. But <laughs> you're really just like, going against the grain of culture and society and it's uncomfortable like it's always uncomfortable but there's really nothing more worthy there's nothing more um life-giving and there's nothing more purposeful than following jesus the bible refers to followers of christ or the church as quote-unquote the body we, we saw it in colossians 3 the body of christ and i just want us to to put on <laughs> put on our biology hats for a second um, I'm no biology major, major or health or whatever. I don't even know if this is biology, but in Colossians one, Colossians one eighteen, uh, it says this, and he Jesus, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. So, again, biology hats on, thinking thinking brains here, Jesus is the head and we are the body we are the hands and feet of jesus but jesus is the head he's the mind so i i don't know how this works uh, i don't know all the neurons and all the signals that your body sends out uh or your, your brain sends out to your body to do these actions but like if you just like extend your arm or like move your finger like there's there's thousands of millions of whatever neurons going through your body to tell it like what to do or tell it that you want to move your finger or move your toe. Like that's just, first of all, it's just crazy. Like how does that even work? Um, what a, what an awesome God, what an awesome creator we, we serve and we have. Um, but it's just crazy. But in the same way as Jesus is the head and we are the body, we are the, the functioning moving parts. Um, but Jesus as the head tells us what's what to do he shows us what to do he shows us how to live in the ways of g of himself in the ways of god and really just like the ways of life he so he tells us what to do and we as the body do those things we actively um pursue and, and walk in love and walk in meekness to one another but then also like to those around us showing like the lost the love of jesus and all those things i just think it's really cool uh, I'm not a biology major. Please don't come at me um, or any of that. If you guys have knowledge of how that really works um, in the brain, I'd love to love to know. It fascinates me. Um, but yeah, that's just, I wanted to relate that to the same way of that we're called the body of Jesus or the body of Christ um, as he is the head telling us what to do and we operate in his ways um, to bring glory and honor to his name. Closing up here, this, this is going to sound really, sermony or preachy um but it was the best way that i could get these things across um so kind of a three-point thing right here three things that the community in the that community in the body of christ does starting with number one and i'll, I'll go through these quick i know this episode is kind of getting long here but number one what does community in the body of christ do it holds you accountable Proverbs 27, 17 tells us that iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Like this life in this world it is so full of distractions of things that, that pull us away from Christ, um, that weigh us down. Like it gets hard, it gets heavy. Um, but as we are in a faith community, we 
are we, we're around those who are on the same path as us um, as we're striving to follow Jesus better and more every single day. Um, and when you do it with other people, I found that it's easier. Um, there, there's an Andy Minio uh, line. He says, um, "If you, I mean, this is like an old saying, like, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, like, do it with a group or whatever. I don't know. But Andy Minio, he has this, he has this line. He says, um, you got to put a, put a slang to it. If you want to go fast, do it by your lonely. If you want to go far, you got to bring the homies. Uh, I just think that's so cool. But uh, it's, it's true though. Like if you are walking in this world or as a follower of Jesus and you're trying to do it by yourself, um, you're probably going to get, you're probably going to get picked off. Um, and it's going to be really, really hard um, for you. But as you're walking in a faith community, as you walk with people that are on the same path as you, uh, we ultimately just build each other up and we're able to stir and spur each other on um, to the ultimate goal of following Jesus better every day. So number two, community in the body of Christ, it provokes love and empathy. First Peter 3, 8 says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, and a tender heart and a humble mind. I've talked about it so many times before. Love and empathy are foundational to the ways of Jesus. And Therefore, it has to be foundational to our ways in community and in brotherly love or sisterly love. Um, and empathy is really just is, is everything like being being kind is everything. Being kind costs you absolutely nothing, but yet it brings everything back to your relationships and your interactions. When you're kind, like people see the light of Jesus. When you're kind, it builds people up. It encourages them. Uh, it shows them that you care about them and that's just so valuable to all of your relationships, but especially in the body of Christ, because that's how Jesus operated in empathy and being in community really forces empathy upon you because it forces you to look outside of yourself and put others first, loving them in the way of Christ. Um, Jesus, he had to do this. Um, Jesus is completely set apart, holy, divine. He is the son of God. He is God. So he always had to use empathy to relate to us in ways um, or have us relate to him in ways that he might have not experienced because he was um, sinless and blameless. Um, but he, he came down and humbled himself before us. And in the same way, we humble ourselves before others and we take a step outside of ourselves to love others first um, and loving them in the way of Christ. Number three, the third thing that community in the body of Christ does um, or it is, it is a proclamation of the gospel. John 13, 34 through 35 says a command, a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another by this. Everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, this just reminds me of verse, uh, 14 in Colossians three, where Paul says, and above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. In the same way, Jesus said, I mean, obviously Paul got this from Jesus, um, but a new command I give you, love one another. You People will know that you are followers of me by how you love one another, because it would be so unique. It would be so set apart um, from this world. And then ultimately people are looking in like, hey, like <laughs> what's different about these people? Why do they love so well? Why do they care about each other so deeply? And ultimately the answer is Jesus. Um, and as I said earlier, like the ways of Jesus is countercultural. 
countercultural. So like we're, we're supposed to look different than everyone else. And if you're not setting an example of the love of Christ, um, then ultimately you're representing Jesus wrong. And there's no difference between you and the person next to you that's not following Jesus. So of course, like if you're not, if we're not loving each other well, um, then of course the world won't have want to have anything to do with Jesus. If we're not loving each other well in the church, if we're not having unity in the church, of course the people aren't going to want to be a part of that because we're misrepresenting Jesus um, in so many ways, uh, and we look just like the world. So they're not they don't have an out to the things that they're doing. They don't see the out that is found. And I I, I hate to maybe I shouldn't use the word out when I'm talking about things, but it's just a free gift that Jesus has given us in salvation and life and love that has founded him. Uh, so that's why I call it an out just for clarity. Um, but they won't see any difference. So as we as community put on this fragrance of Christ and we go throughout the world, we look and we, we, we look so much different than, than the world. And there's, there's something fresh, there's something new about us. And that is the fragrance of Christ. And they will know us by the way that we love one another. Um, so yeah, those are, those are three things. Uh, that community and the body of Christ does ran through them quick. Didn't want it to feel preachy or sermony, um, but yeah. To wrap it up here, really quick, I got two more verses that I want to look at. Again, more verses. Love to see it. Got to have it. Uh, Matthew eighteen twenty and John fifteen fifteen. Uh, so Matthew eighteen twenty says this: For when two or three gather in my name, there I will be amongst them. Ultimately, like community not only enhances your own relationship with God, like our individual relationship with God, it also spurs one another on to their own relationship with God. So it encourages others. It builds your own relationship up. It encourages others on to their own relationship with God. And then three, God shows up. Like when this is a promise from God, when two or three gather, I will be there amongst them. So when we gather in his name, when we gather for prayer and worship, um, or just like meeting in community or discipleship and fellowship, the Lord will always show up in those areas. And we must be the church and do life together outside of the four walls on Sunday. Like my boy Juan Molina, I gather around, we have these worship nights called gather around, um, the first Friday of every month. And my boy Juan Molina, um, he, he gave this message about being the light, um, and just doing life and doing the mission of God outside of the four walls um, on a Sunday morning. Uh, and we have to do this. And I know that this is, is, is really hard and I'm not good at it all the time at all. Trust me, I'm not good at it all the time. But this is something that we have to spur on to do um, and have confidence, have faith um, that when, when you're together with a brother or sister in Christ, their God is amongst you as well. Uh, and he has that promise. And we are his dwelling place for his spirit. Um, and he delights in us as we should delight in him. Uh, so I just think there's a whole lot of encouragement in that. Um, but also calling us to something more, um, than just doing life together on Sunday mornings, but doing, um, or doing a day together on Sunday mornings, but actually doing life together outside of four walls. Um, so moving on to John fifteen fifteen, this is just <laughs> so cool to me. Um, but in this verse, Jesus calls us his friends. Um, he says, I no longer call you servants. He's talking to his disciples. I no longer call you servants because servants do not know what the master is doing, but I now call you friends because everything that I have learned from my father, I now show you. I mean, what, what bro? Like Jesus calls us his friends. 
And what a friend we have in Jesus. There's nothing better. So even as Jesus had friends, if Jesus had friends, trust me, bro, we need friends too. We need a community too. Uh, we need people to do life with as well. And Jesus is our example of that in the healthiest and highest form. Um, and he shows us what that really looks like to be in love and community with one another and what we should really live like. Uh, but I just think it's so cool that Jesus calls us friends. Um, so what a friend we have in Jesus. But also, dude, like I know this this life, that this walk um, with Christ can get hard. It can get lonely at times. So if if no one else tells you, uh, you've got a friend in me. Uh, what song is that? You got a friend in me. Ooh, y'all didn't know I had the vocals, but, um, seriously, if you, if you don't have anybody to hold your arms up, to carry you, to keep walking, uh, you have a friend in me, uh, to spur on with, to encourage you. So never hesitate to reach out. Um, and we're really just in this walk in this life together, uh, to bring, more people to Christ and bring honor and glory to his name. And I think that the greatest one, not the greatest, but one of the greatest ways to do this is living in a unified and healthy, loving community with one another to really show what unifies us in Christ or how Christ unifies us as believers. Um, but yeah, so hopefully I kind of taught this well uh, in my own findings and in my own study, uh, but really just how I've walked this out in my own life in a practical way. Uh, I've found that when I get away from Christian community and I'm away from uh, people that help spur me on and encourage me and believe in what God's doing in my life, when I get away from those things, then I tend to uh, to kind of waver away uh, from the things of God. And But when I'm in community, I feel encouraged because I'm encouraging other people and because other people are encouraging me and you're really just walking hand in hand and arm in arm with these people um, and you see the purpose in the life that's in it all. Because um, you might not see it in your life, but God's doing something in someone else's life. And that might encourage you in a new way um, or vice versa. Someone might not be feeling God in their own life, but they can see God in your life. And that gives them life and encouragement um, to continue to, to spur on to the goal of Jesus Christ. So I love you guys. I appreciate you guys dearly. I'm here for you. You've got a friend in me. Uh, I think that's going to be the title of this episode. You've got a friend in me. Um, but you guys are so loved. Again, not only by me, but the one that matters most. I hope this helped you in some way, encouraged you in some way. I uh, hope I didn't ramble on too much. Uh, I need to get a guest on here soon because I feel like I've been rambling like crazy the last three or four weeks. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you next week. I'm out. Thank mm-hmm. you.